Before we get started, I think it's worth mentioning that in this episode, myself and Laura do talk openly about anxiety and just general mental health. If that's something that you're not able to hear about just yet, then perhaps come back to this episode another time. And remember, you can always call the Samaritans on 116 123. They are ready and waiting for your call 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. and welcome back to the university podcast this is the podcast that unravels the mysteries of university covering all the topics that we wouldn't usually hear about today i am joined by the wonderful laura hickey laura had experienced challenges with her mental health before coming to university and noticed these traits reappearing in her second year in this episode i chat to laura about the reality of living with mental health problems while studying away from home and she offers some advice for you if you're ever in the same situation as her so let's go and meet her I feel like I sound like a man. <laughs> I honestly, I listened to it back and I think, how is my voice so low? I know, because there are some people who are like, yeah, I sound so much higher when I speak. No, I, like, I would love that. I would love that. I sound... Do you think it's because you're northern? <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like northern... Because we all proper speak like this. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Sarah? I'm lovely, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> so, in today's podcast, I want to talk about university, but in relation to mental health, because I know that's something you've had a lot of experience in. Mm, yes. So, yeah, that's what I want to have a little talk about. The place that I want to start at is right back to when you were 16 years old. Yes. Is, is that when you first started to notice a change in your mental health? Yes. It's weird when you're like a teenager because you've got all your like hormones and that's all racing and running wild. So I think when I started to feel not quite not quite myself, shall mm. we say, it was kind of like is this is this hormonal? Is this normal? Yeah, is this, just, is me this just me at 16 like it started off just with anxiety. I mean, like, anxiety is such a broad term. Like, everyone has different experiences with it. For me, it was... I was getting, like, panic attacks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, like, a lot. And then that was, like, affecting, like, my mood. And it was, like, clear that... I was like, something's not... Something's not quite right in <laughs> in the old noggin. Yeah. So... And was that in relation to A-levels? <clears throat> was that, in rela- like, related to school? Or was that just I, you in different situations I don't know I think I think when I look back I've always been and I still am now to be honest a bit of a social butterfly and that <laughs> I do tend to just sort of like I will literally talk to anyone and so I remember like changing but From I remember GCSEs yeah to GCSEs yeah. into A-levels I remember like I think because I was just sort of bouncing around people really and I was a bit like oh I don't think I really was quite sure of like where my close friendship group was I sort of bounce between people I essentially started to overthink that massively and then was like oh my god I think it sort of started from that and then began to sort of spiral so that's when you first started to realize that it was coming into play yeah and then where were your steps there was that something that you were trying to deal with yourself or was it straight to go mm. and trying to get help I'd been not feeling myself for quite a while and I mean I didn't really understand what it was I think my parents knew that there's something that I wasn't myself school was like how I was in school when I look back was not me and so we went I mean I can't actually to be honest I can't fully remember what my first steps were but I like yeah I was having a lot of panic attacks I was quite lucky in that I had a lot of teachers who were 
really good and really supportive and helpful. Um, I had a pastoral teacher at our school who you could, she had like a little like drop-in office that you could just go oh, into and good. literally rant about anything. Yeah. She was <laughs> so, such a lovely lady. And then I also, I mean, I can't remember what order I did everything with, but then I also went to the doctors and then that's when they gave me, because it was like panic attacks, they gave me, uh, so they gave me some medication, they gave me beta blockers. Oh, which yeah, slow, slow your heart rate and yeah. and I can't remember what it was but like anti-nausea tablets because every time I ate I'd literally feel like I was gonna vomit afterwards oh, I remember yeah. um so so I got stuff from the doctors and then and then got put on a waiting list for the for I don't know if you've heard of CAMS no child and adolescent mental health services so I then got put on a waiting list for there where I had then six weeks of uh, CBT to like give me techniques coping techniques have a rant, talk about what's going on. Then when they were like, cool, so now you need to apply to uni, was that ever something where you're like, oh, maybe? By the end of sixth form, I was sort of settling down more. I, I can remember leaving not... I, I, I remember leaving school not feeling worried, I don't think. I don't think I was particularly worried about uni because, I don't know, I'd always been like, yep, yeah, I'm going to do my A-levels, it's going to be fine, I'm going to go to uni and it'll be great. I think also just being at my school as well, it was... a it was you do your A-levels, you go to uni. Yeah. Like, was there anyone who was like, yeah, I might take a gap year because I'm the, 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 quite ready. Yeah, there were. I mean, I have a friend who really didn't know what she wanted to do at all. Um, and she ended up going to uni eventually, but she went to a really local one. But I remember, like, I d- it wasn't... Most people, it was like, A-levels, uni, go. Yeah, <laughs> Off you go. Shot. Literally, just bye-bye. Like, yeah. see you later. So, no, I didn't really have any doubts. I think because I didn't really know what else I would have done. Like, I didn't... Yeah. Didn't have any other choices. It was so like uni was the way, but yeah. yeah. So then, when you went off to uni, you went to study philosophy. I did, and that ha- lovely. Yeah. And how was your mental health in your first year? Do you know, uni? I look back on my first year, and I'm like, that was the happiest year of uni, definitely. Really? Which is surprising because you'd think, well, some people it may be the case that you go to uni and you, like, all of a sudden you've lost, not lost your parents, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have the support of home necessarily in the same way you do when you're at school. Yeah, you don't have that close circle of friends, you're building Yeah, you're like, but I think for me, I was very ready to go and I was just ready for like a new start. Mm. I was completely ready to be like, bye everyone. Not in a nasty way, but I was completely yeah, ready to be like, I just different. wanted to go like and start again and start fresh. First year was just absolutely, it was the best. I loved it. Yeah. So in your first year, you decided that philosophy <clears throat> wasn't for you. Oh, yes, aside from that, yeah. 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 <laughs> what, did that impact at all on your mental health, or was it that just... Because uh, you changed quite late, didn't you? Yeah, people have thought this, especially when I've had to have like counselling and things like that previously. They go, you changed courses. Were you unhappy? Like, no, it was actually genuinely nothing to do with the fact that I was unhappy. It was yeah. just that I'd got to uni, and there were so many drama societies and I knew I became really good friends with people who were on the drama course and was hearing like oh, what they were doing on their course and I kind of was getting to like December and I was like oh I, why did I choose this like because even initially in school I was like oh do I go to uni to do drama but I thought weirdly I thought philosophy is the more sensible one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes philosophy guaranteed yes job <laughs> guaranteed <laughs> job philosophy <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed job philosophy no so I'm not sure why I thought that so no it was just a case of I came to this uni there was so much on offer in terms of drama and kind of decided got to Easter it was very touch and go it was like you change now or you can't change <laughs> so <laughs> like, I was like oh my god I have to go I have to do this so yeah then I switched to drama and then 
did another first year, essentially. So I had two first years. Starting first year again. Yeah. At what point did you start to notice that change again in your mental health? I think it was probably quite early on in the year. I think doing a first year again is odd in the sense of everyone's around you is like, oh, freshers, like, oh, you're going to this event, that event. And I was sort of like, no, I've already done it. Not in like yeah. a uh, like a snobbish way or anything like that, but, no, but it's just I'd, I'd been there, I'd done it, I was living in a house and I wasn't doing all the fresh events. So I think it was a kind of a weird feeling, but I don't think it was explicitly to do with changing course. I remember my mood was sort of starting to change a bit and it was in a way that I kind of went, oh, alarm bells kind of went and I was like, oh, I've... I've had this feeling before. Yeah. But even then it still it still took me a while I think before I actually went to the doctors and actually like told my parents I was not because that's another thing. My parents are all the way in up north and yeah. I'm down here and it was like oh god you don't want them to like worry and so trying to actually communicate to people how I was feeling mm. was very difficult. Yeah, especially when you've got that, you have got that support network, but yeah. then suddenly your friends are split between two very different situations. And yeah. You've got your first year friends. Yeah. So you're like, this is great. We're having a great time. You've got your second year friends who are kind of knuckling down now because stuff counts and you're stuck in the middle like, uh, hi, I'm not Yeah, okay. I'm like, I'm feeling a bit weird. <laughs> so then once you noticed those things had changed, was your first, like very first step to go to the doctors because you'd had that previously and you're like, right, this is the step to do. yeah I'd talked to like a few people but it is it's hard I realized I was like oh this isn't this isn't good it came at a time where I was also starting to develop issues with food and that was uh using that to sort of help me kind of cope with the weird emotions that you're having and yeah. but then that itself kind of then spiraled into its own problem so not only was having like my my mood and things like that were getting a bit crazy food was also becoming a thing so I was going to the doctors and that's when they gave me like medication and I'd have like blood tests ECGs like because physically I wasn't looking after myself either so and was that hard as well because you were yeah. going with a, because you kind of had two conflicting yeah problems in the sense of that if you're not looking after yourself that starts to have a physical effect yeah and then do you feel like that had an impact on the fact that they were like oh, okay, it can be solved with drugs, have all of this. Yeah, so it, 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 it's weird because it, yeah, it's, I think anyone that's had, like, an eating problem and, like, mood problems, it's so, like, they can intertwine and it becomes this, like, kind of big mess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I went to the doctors and um, they were like, have some, <laughs> have some drugs. <laughs> and then that in itself is quite a lot to, when you're away from home as mm. well, it's like, oh! this is happening what do I do even now like it is a quite hard thing to be like admit and say yeah like this was a real this was a real problem did you ever consider at that point being like I need to drop out I think my family well my parents I think were kind of like do you want to just do like stop take a year and come back again and I don't know I think because I've always just been annoyingly so like a bit of a perfectionist and stupidly determined so me and my man was like no absolutely not there is no option of that I am not going home do you think it was also the thing in the back of your mind of you'd had that year doing that before so you were like I can't definitely because I do feel like some people are like you you uh, you have one golden year before you can start (laughs) a degree and then you have to power through and then yeah I think 
I think so, yeah, because that's another thing. If I'd have taken a year out, I'd have been graduating when I was 23. Not that that's a bad thing. If that's what you've had to do, that's what you had to do. But mm. it, it wasn't in my mind of like, I was like, this isn't in my plan. This was never in my plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sort of powered on through, really. Mm. Um, and yeah. how did that work on like a day-to-day basis? Was it was it hard when you had friends who had absolutely no idea and you had friends who knew everything? Yeah. Or you had friends who you didn't want to know everything but ended up knowing it? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I look back from where I am now, which is quite a healthy place, I'm actually feeling very good at the moment, <laughs> which is wonderful. When I look back, I think, I don't think I realised how unwell I was. You don't necessarily realise how unwell you are until you look back from a, you're looking back from a place of health, essentially. And so, I mean, I think the way that I was with people, the way that, like, my friendships were, everything was just, like, a very big mess, I think. Mm. But then it doesn't seem like it from... No. From the outside, you didn't... I know! You didn't seem like a big mess. No. Because, mainly, because you're dealing with it on a day-by-day basis. Yeah. And I know it can become that thing where if you have... Like, a mental health problem isn't always 24-7. No. And so when it does trickle into, like, a little part of each day, when you're having a bad time, you're having a bad time. Yeah. When you're having a good time, you're pretending the bad times never existed. Yeah, I think... Because at that point as well, sort of over the past, over that period of time and within sort of first year, second year, I was still on a waiting list to try and get me some sort of like counselling or NHS counselling or NHS therapy or whatever. Mm. If you had to be on that waiting list, it's my good God. It took, I mean, it took me over a year. And I think that's the thing is as well is that when you're trying to deal with things sort of day by day, it doesn't necessarily always work. Some days will be absolutely fine. And some days will be absolute hell. What would your advice be to yourself if you went back to that oh, first year and second year when you were on that waiting list, just like oh, literally God. living day by day? Or like, would you do things differently if you went back? It's really difficult because some mental illnesses and mental health problems, and I say this like in inverted commas, they're like selfish illnesses. Not in the sense of like, you and yourself are a horrible selfish person, but they can just make you forget that other people exist. And, you know, like I had friends at home that were experiencing my own problems from home yeah you kind of don't think about your kind of impact on like people yeah and I think if I could change anything it would but it's really hard though because you can't necessarily change it because it doesn't make it okay but you can't necessarily help it at the time Mm. if that sort of makes sense it is like you're like a horse with its blinkers blinders whatever they are and you literally you can't really see past whatever sort of in front of you so that's difficult and then the thing is with waiting a very long time is that and this is the state of like you know the NHS and mental health services in the NHS are so underfunded because I think with me it was like I needed help and I needed it there and then and I just yeah. wasn't getting it and when that happens you can I think with me it was just going like down and down, and down, down. And down and down and down yeah. and down because could you see a point where it was going to pick up when you're in that moment or no. were you just like this no. is my life now I genuinely couldn't see a point where I was like is this going to be my life? Am I just going to feel this awful, like, every day? I think there's only so much help you can give yourself sort of short-term or day-by-day. Day. Like, if you keep going back to the doctors, um, what you'll probably do is what... Well, what I find they do with me is they just change my medication or up my medication. Yeah. And then that in itself, you're literally just... You're literally... Your brain is just being, like, fried with different chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not necessarily a good thing, so... And also then, I guess, as well, they've got, like, a 
see if this works for yeah. X number of days. Yeah. And then you're stuck again yeah. on your own. So it's it is it's a difficult thing, but I think making sure that you've got the right people around you. Mm. Um and and it, it like as hard as it is to be like, ah, yo, I'm really struggling. It's so important to do that. Yeah. Because if you're completely on your own with it, it's I mean that's so just much worse. yeah also then at that point you can see who your real friends are yeah at that point because I think at uni there are quite a lot of friendships which uh yeah we're both in a great place so we can go and do x y and yeah. z together but as soon as you're in a situation where you're like it's actually no I'm not okay that's the it point can become you, really hard yeah and I definitely find with friendships not even just at uni but like at home like so many friendships were strained because of the state that I was in mm. which is a hard thing because it doesn't make it okay but equally, it's not necessarily like one person's fault either. It's just like a very yeah, weird. messy, weird yeah. situation that you're like, oh gosh, what am I doing? Or like, yeah. what do we do? Did you find weird as well? So obviously at uni was where the problem kind of manifested yeah. itself. Then when you went home for the holidays, did you find that weird as well? Did, did it help going home? Or did it was it just consistent in your mood? Yes and no. So it was helpful in the sense of, I suppose, I had immediate support and parents who were, like, in the best way possible, like, making me get up, making me do yeah. stuff in my day, making me eat breakfast, lunch and dinner. In that sense, it was often better. But, I mean, I still, when you're feeling rubbish, you're feeling rubbish. Even now when I go back home... Recently, having just come up from East Holidays, my mum was like, you seem so well. Like, you seem so happy and so healthy and in such a good place. Whereas in times before when I've gone home, it's been like, I'm like, oh, she's trying. <laughs> she's just trying, bless her. I am lucky in the sense of, like, I have a supportive family in that sense who I can talk to. And, like, they do check up on me. Sometimes a bit too much. <laughs> if they haven't heard from me in, like, a few days, they're like, you okay, Laura? You here? You still with us? Like, everything all right? Everything fine? Um... So I'm lucky in that sense. Yeah. Um, is that, that is something good. as well that you found when you were in like a really bad place and you went home? Did you ever find like, oh, I might just stay here? Or was it always that determination that made you go, nope, turn to <laughs> I'm going back now? I think there were probably times when I wanted to stay at home, yeah. definitely. I mean, I know people that barely go home for the holidays. I could never do that. Like, I have to have my home time. <laughs> I have to have just a month or so of like cleanliness and like eating <laughs> well because so like student housing and you know that kind of thing um but no I think I was always I, I probably I, there were some times where I did probably struggle to come back but I was always pretty much like nope we're not we're not stopping we're not quitting we're keeping <laughs> going we're keeping going yeah um so and I want to talk about the kind of help that you did actually receive yeah. so you talked a bit about the drugs that were piled <laughs> on top of you. The first thing that you received, like from the actual uni, from was the uni. a bit of counselling, wasn't it? Yes. How um, did you find that? I don't want to knock it, but yeah. it wasn't. Let's just say it wasn't right for me. I think I was at a stage where I I needed a bit more than just like let's talk about our feelings, kind of thing. Mm. That sounded really yeah, like. Yeah, and that, more than just like more a, than just let's talk it out. Let's you talk it kind out. of skills. Yeah, and because and, and that. That works for some people if perhaps you're just going through a bit of a like a small blip. Whereas because I'd I'd had more long term issues, it was like this isn't really what I need. So I had that for a little bit, but not too great. I think the next thing I had after that was probably the NHS 
therapy. Yeah. Which was... And that's what you'd waited for a, a year. I'd waited over a year to have yeah. that. Yeah. But then they gave you a whole three months. They did. So, <laughs> so you start and it sort of, it can go up to six weeks. Um, no, I think it was six, between six to 12 weeks was the general time. But you can go up to the 12 weeks if you so need. And yeah. they decided with me, they were like, no, we're not discharging them before 12 weeks. <laughs> so, so yeah, I literally had three months worth of um, CBT cognitive behavioral therapy if you don't know what that is which is really hard but like I think that was the intensive support that I needed at that point before you actually found out that you were on it what kind of like stage were you were you dealing with it because it had been so long honestly I look back now and I just think Laura what were you doing how (laughs) did you stay at uni how did you no I was not in a good state and that but that's the thing when you leave someone for so long it's the same with a physical illness if you had some kind of disease you don't just let it fester do you like you try and tackle the problem before it gets worse but with mental health it's like oh we'll just leave We'll just see how you do. Mm. We'll do, but but and then when it ends up, but like, but then really you know you end down. up spiraling and spiraling and spiraling, and then yeah. oh okay, I think we should give you some help now. Yeah, that was essentially what it was mm. really. And so, did you find those sessions useful then? Yeah, definitely. And and also, I was lucky that I got along really well with the therapist that I had as well. She was really really lovely. They're hard because you're literally like trying to kind of retrain your brain Mm -hmm. and reform your day-to-day habits and everything that's currently in a bit of a wish-washy mess, you're having to retrain, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it's hard, but it was definitely good. Yeah, useful. So after you'd received that, you'd finished those three months. Yeah. Did you notice? Did you notice a change in yourself? Or did you find other people being like, Nora, <laughs> look at you, old friend. <laughs> yes, but I'd, I'd also had a change in medication as well. Another thing with medication, it's not just different types, it's different amounts, different doses. They actually lowered mine a lot, and I found that that actually helped. So it was a combination of a change in chemicals yeah. and the therapy that I was like, okay, um, you know, things are... I'm feeling a bit better now. Yeah. So coming on to now, how are you feeling in yourself now compared to looking at yourself in like <laughs> first year and second year? I'm feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good. And I think obviously like I did the hard work with the therapy, but also with the uni, I was able to go into the mental health advisory service, which caters for like long-term mental health conditions, disability, learning support, that kind of thing. So because it's obviously been long term. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think, I think we can count it as long term. I was able to access support through there, which offers more than like just the counselling and things like that. So I was able to get a reasonable adjustment plan for like all my essays and work and things like that. I also got a disabled students allowance. I also get a mental health mentor for free oh, with the wow. uni. So last term I had a mentoring twice a week and I still have it this term as well. I find that it kind of means that I can have a rant twice a week without things spiraling in my head it's not counseling but because it's a mental health specialist you can have that element of ah I'm feeling really bad yeah help (laughs) but like you know I also get things like helping me plan my time my work my room my cooking my you know like literally anything Mm. absolutely anything that is troubling me and is that a good follow-up now yeah like the CBT definitely I think that's yeah it's like a nice little a check-in yeah essentially yeah so you aren't left on your own again yeah I think that's what's definitely helping to keep me afloat being able to just have a person I can just go and vent to being like I'm feeling anxious I'm feeling low I'm feeling food is frustrating me or I'm having this or that or the other like yeah. I can just go and it's like no judgment and 
yeah, which is fabulous, yeah. absolutely <laughs> wonderful. How do you feel in the sense of then, like, this is your final year? Ah. Uh, <laughs> um, you're about to graduate. How mm. do you feel in terms of mental health mm. and leaving uni and leaving this kind of little bubble? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. And one that I've thought about <laughs> a fair few times. I have been worried, I think, at times, because it's a whole other thing as well, being going from doctor to doctor, where we are at uni and where I am at home. Even going home the holidays to prescribe medication, things like that, is still a faff in itself, because they don't have the same systems. So you have to go and like re-explain all your like Aww. symptoms. <laughs> it's a daunting one. To be honest, if I do get unwell again, I'm not actually sure of what my steps would be, actually. But do you feel like you've got coping mechanisms yeah, that I think will hopefully prevent? I definitely, yeah, I definitely do. And definitely ways to just keep me cool and yeah. calm and not, you know, spiral and escalate. But again, they're things that, like, you have to practice all the time. You still have, like, t- bad days. It's not... Like, woo, problems are fixed now. Does. But everyone does, exactly. Yeah. It's not just, again, whenever I speak to this mentor, is that she's like, Laura, you do realise that in the best way possible, it's not just you. <laughs> like, it's not all about you, it's Laura. Not all about you, Laura. <laughs> One of the main things as well that I've learned since being at uni is because I do talk far more openly about it than I did when I start, is that it's not just you. Mm. So many other people have issues. Like, I think when once you know where to go and techniques to use and support where you should best get your support people you should go to people perhaps aren't the best people to go to it all helps yeah (laughs) have you found that useful as well because i would say i look up to you in many different ways but one of the the things that i find so inspiring is the fact that i wouldn't say you've been fine for for like ages i wouldn't say that you can like look back and be like i'm totally okay today but no Throughout the whole times when you have been struggling or when yeah. you aren't feeling okay, you are absolutely the person who will be like, yep, yeah, fine, I'm going to admit that on Instagram or on Twitter yeah. or I'm going to make a YouTube channel. Yeah. And has that, do you think that's helped you as well? Yeah, I think, one, it needs to be talked about. <laughs> like, I think we've come so far in the past, even in the past few years. When I was in school, I had a teacher say to me, you don't look like you're having issues with anxiety. <laughs> Of course, because like, we all know what the typical anxiety. What does that, what does that even like? mean? You know, it's like oh, I can see you. You seem fine. I'm like, do you want the doctor's name? Do you want, <laughs> you know? And but, and that was only you know twenty. I don't know, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Like I still, I, we've definitely come a long way. Mm. But I think part of the reason why I talk about it is because one, we need to, and two, also because it does. It not trying to say it in a selfish way, but it also does benefit me. Like yeah. when I can share something on like. YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or wherever, even if it's like, yes, I've done this or like had a free meals today or it reinforces that in my own head that it is a good thing. And also then when we don't feel okay, I mean, I don't go into ridiculous amounts of detail because there's not always the need. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not necessarily no, but it's just beneficial. Like the but little things that you but, can put out there that people can relate yeah. to without needing yeah. to say something that could be triggering yeah, or exactly. to go into copious amounts of detail. Yeah. But just admitting that it sometimes we feel rubbish and that's okay. Yeah. And it's one of the ways that I can kind of almost like check in with myself as well. Like, mm. you know, it's been a good day. Well done, Laura. It's been a bad day. It's okay. I've noticed more and more people speaking about the mental health online. And again, it doesn't have to be explicit and going into like triggering amounts of detail. 
No, but just but admitting it. Just admitting it, being like, it. I'm not okay, is, yeah. you know. And then, you know, you show your support for people. Like, if I had a friend, you know, saying, I've had a good day, I'd be like, great, go you. Or if, you know, you see someone saying they have a bad day, it's show your support, you know. Yeah. Check in on people. I guess that leads on quite nicely then to what would your advice be to someone who is in any year of uni and has started to notice a change, whether that be like a decline or like whatever it might be? Obviously, your mental health varies from person to person. I think it's something you've maybe experienced before. So like with me, it was I knew the signs and I was like, oh, this isn't good. I think if it's starting to really genuinely affect your day to day activity, get yourself to a doctor. I think simple as like treat it like treat it like a physical condition. If you have a physical problem, like a knee pain that you're struggling to do your day and get through the day yeah, without you your knee hang, like, oh, you wouldn't right. leave. Yeah, you wouldn't just leave it. You'd get yourself to a flipping doctor. <laughs> so like the same goes if if like and it is the thing is it is so hard. It's not easy when you have to sit in front of someone and go, "Hello, please help me. I'm not feeling very good." Like mm. it's it's not easy. It's really not easy. But I say get yourself to a doctor. If you're in uni, see what support there is. Because um, for me, like, the counselling wasn't for me, but that doesn't mean that to say that it wouldn't have been right for someone else. Like, yeah. if you're perhaps just having a bit more of a blip, and that's not to say that it's any more or less... Yeah, like, um, significant. Yeah, that's not to say, but... Also, like, the service that you're on now, if you found out about Yeah, that, I wish I had to, that, yeah. I mean, yeah, I could have had a whole extra two years with, with some <laughs> free mentoring, but... Um, yeah, so I think... Yeah, different things will be right for different people. So try and find out what, you know, your uni has to offer. It's it's not easy and it, it is faffy. It can be, a, I won't lie. I'll be honest right now. Be prepared for the faffy process because mental health support is not always the easiest thing to get yeah. access to. But it's doable. I've made it to the end of the degree. Yeah, I have, have, well, oh my gosh, touch wood. We have not finished yet. <laughs> I have almost made it to the end. Yeah. If I could do it, anyone, anyone can. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in and talking to me today. That's okay. It's been lovely. And staring into your eyes, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> staring into your eyes. Your eyes are like so many different colours. Everyone says that when they look in. Well, everyone says that. But yeah, they're like green, brown, blue. Ooh, Joseph's coat. <laughs> Thank you so much to Laura for coming and speaking so truthfully about a topic that isn't the easiest to talk about. Thank you for listening to the University Podcast and as always if you have enjoyed listening then please go and leave us a review on our Facebook page so that more people can find us. See you next week for another University Podcast. Bye bye.